Welcome everybody to episode 79 of the Doss and D show and another interview from our trip to the UK and today our very special guest is the inspiring Joe Emerson. Joe is a confidence and human behaviour expert, a former BBC journalist and the international executive coach of the year. We were lucky enough to sit down with Joe and pick her brains and expertise about confidence, a broad topic that we've all struggled with at one point in our lives. And let me tell you guys, we couldn't have spoken to a better guest about this topic. Joe was so informative in giving in her responses that we personally learned so much from it. We chatted about where confidence comes from and why it is so easily broken down and taken away from us, along with the challenges we face in the world and why now more than ever, so many people lack it. But Joe has a beautiful view on it and how we can begin building it back up with simple steps and finding our place in the world. We discuss the difference between confidence and arrogance and why we often mistake the two, and how so many people fall into the trap of chasing materialism and believing it would lead to confidence. Joe quickly shut it down and explained that it comes from the inside. We chatted about the fear of rejection and the fear of public speaking and why this is so common. She shared some amazing tips to overcome them which we found so useful as neither of us had heard some of these perspectives before. As well as all of that, Joe shared her personal story of how she became a coach and it was incredibly touching. She shared with us the numerous hardships she was facing in her life at the time which included losing a friend to suicide and making the brave decision to leave her marriage while having three young girls. It doesn't matter where you are currently in life, what you do or how you feel about yourself, this episode will have something for you. So here we go guys, without further ado, sit back and enjoy our episode with the wonderful Joe Emerson. Welcome to the Doss and D Show. Two great mates striving to improve in all areas of their lives. The podcast is designed to empower everyday humans just like us who want to add more joy, energy and happiness into their daily lives. Sharing our real life experiences and everyday struggles, relating to them in a personal way. Expect uncensored stories, plenty of laughs and tips and tricks to inspire you on your own journey. Now, let's go balls deep. See, I'm really, really excited about today because we've been on Zoom with our guests for I reckon about 10, 15 minutes. We should have clicked record at the start, let's be honest. We should have. We've already talked about so many profound things. I'm really excited to get stuck into Me this too. one. But today's guest is Joe Emerson, confidence coach. Joe, welcome to the Dawson D Show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. We're so excited to have you, Joe. We can't thank you enough for your time. We're going to get into so many topics, but I want you to start by explaining to the listeners what your two o'clock looks like this afternoon, because I find this fascinating. <laughs> okay, so at two o'clock today, I will be uh, meeting a couple of friends and getting into a freezing cold river. So I am going to be 50 this year. And my challenge for my 50th year is to swim in cold, open water every single day. It's something I started in March of last year, at the coming to the end of that really long lockdown we had here in the UK. And um, I just needed something that wasn't Zoom. Yeah. And... I had never particularly liked cold water, but my friends had come in. It's amazing. And I can't tell you what it's done for my mental health, my physical health, my own confidence. You know, when you are in the water, you know, first thing in the morning, I usually go first thing in the morning and it's freezing and you're vulnerable and there are swans and herons and birds chattering in the trees. And I swim by a weir. So it's like (sighs) rushing water and you feel so vulnerable and so held. (sighs) Don't know it just it just it's the best way to start the day yeah so i am awesome. a cold water swimmer aficionado it's amazing i want the whole world to go swimming in cold water yeah. uh, <laughs> let's get stuck into the confidence so i was really intrigued just before when you said you're really surprised at how 
just the vast difference of people that you work with. So you've been doing this for 10 years now, which is incredible, but you work with so many different people. It's amazing to hear like how many people do struggle with confidence. You know, it seems like there's probably a lot of people out there that might be confident on the outside, but they're not. Like a million percent. I believe that everybody struggles with their confidence at some stage. Some people struggle with it every day. Others may have a blip once or twice a week. And some people may be confident most of the time, but something will happen. And maybe once a year, once a decade, they'll suddenly like lose their confidence, their sense of belief in themselves, their sense of trust in the process of life. And that's what I really believe confidence is, is a self-trust and a trust in the process of this life that we find ourselves in to be kind of working things out. The root of confidence is fear, fear that you won't be liked, fear that you're going to fail, fear that things won't work out the way you think they should be working out. And so if you look at confidence like that, everybody, everybody is going to struggle at some point. So I work with the CEOs of big companies I work with mums returning to work you know I work I work with children I've worked with teenagers and everybody in between and you know a lack of confidence is really it's believing a negative story it's believing that the worst thing that could ever befall you is going to happen and and, and comparing yourself to others and you know all, all of that kind of stuff and Often people struggle with their confidence because they are trying to be someone they're not, or they're Mm. trying to achieve someone else's goal for them, a goal that society's told them they need to achieve or their parents have. And actually, if you can plug somebody back into their authentic self, then the confidence is going to start to come back because they're running, you know, under their own steam. Where do you think it actually begins? Where does this cycle start? Does it start from a young age as a, like a child? Does it start at primary school, high school, or your equivalent in the UK? I forget we're not in Australia right now, but (laughs) but, um, where does it start? And is it increasing due to the rise of social media? Mm, God, I get asked this question a lot. Uh, I think we're talking about it more. I'm not an expert on the rise of social media. What I will say is I've got three teenage daughters and certainly my younger two, I have restricted the amount of time they are allowed on social media because I think it's a fairly toxic, it can be a fairly toxic place. It can also be used for good, right? And I made a decision when I went on Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn that I was only ever going to be kind and loving and promote good stuff on there. Like, you know, I'm not interested in all that competitive, silly stuff on there. So I'm not saying it's all bad. But I do remember being at school and it being a very competitive environment and looking at, you know, women's magazines when I was a young girl and and feeling all those feelings of I'm not good enough. Those girls are thinner than me, more beautiful than me, more successful than me. And of course, they were all feeling probably the same thing about me, but I didn't know that at the time, right? Mm. And so I think, where does it start? I think it starts really young. And if you're someone who is kind of, able for the school system so academia suits you and studying and playing sport and all that is something that comes naturally to you you're probably going to suffer later in your life I think if that kind of school system doesn't suit you you are already going to be struggling with your confidence because you're being told that you need to look and sound and be a certain way Mm. and you're thinking but I'm not that so I think the kind of cultural system can be a bit wonky I think the fact that we're set up to compete and compare ourselves to other people from the get-go is a disaster for our confidence, a complete disaster. No one is encouraged to run their own race. And I find that extraordinary Mm. in the 21st century that we're still saying that all children need a certain type of maths, for example, 
And it's like math that you're never going to use in the real mm. world, ever. Like, yeah. ever. I had to study calculus as a kid. I mean, I can't even remember what it is. Yeah. <laughs> and I certainly never used it. And I, and I just kind of really see the point in that. And it didn't do my confidence any good because I was just hopeless at it. But I think, you know, on a, on a deeper level, children are worried about how they look. They're worried about how they're perceived. They're worried about not being part of the gang. They're worried about not fitting in. They're worried that their grades won't be good enough. Like we're piling worry, worry, mm. worry on all of the time. And I just think the narrative needs to change. We as a culture need to start encouraging people to run their own race, to look inside them for what's golden and then feed that, get that out of people. Because mm. I was saying to you all earlier on, you both earlier on, I'll say it now, we've all got something unique to give to this world. Every single person has something unique to give to this world. And if you know what that is, you find it and own it and you give it to the world, you win and we all win. Like, yes. I need what's good in you. I need it. The world needs it. In the same way that we need the birds to do their thing and the trees and the seeds. You know, we all have something special and unique. And yet it seems that the way our society is run generally, most people don't get to bring that to fr fruition. And I think it's a real shame. Oh, it's incredibly sad. And that's something that drives both of us. That's our mission is to empower that within our young people because... There are dreams, there are goals, there are ambitions. It's it's all within and it's there. And I guess that's the question I'm going to ask is like, every, is everyone's confidence different or that like there's not a one confidence because I'm different to you? Yeah. So I think a big misconception out there is that confidence is one thing. And I think people mistake confidence and arrogance. Mm. They mistake confidence and cockiness. They definitely mistake confidence and extroversion. And I need to tell you right now that confidence is a combination of the following. Peace, wanting the best for everybody, love, kindness, gratitude, humility, striving to be your best. It's not elbows out, wanting to beat other people, thinking I've got one over on them, look at me, I'm the best. It's, 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 it's not necessarily loud, it can be loud. Confidence is about the way you see the world and the way you see your place in the world. So if you understand that you are a unique and special part of an enormous universe and you are as important and as not important as the patch of grass outside my house, right? So that humble kind of strength, like I'm important, but, the, but I'm not running the world. That inner sense of, I, I'm meant to be here, and, you know, while I'm here, I'm going to play my part for the good of the whole. That's confidence. Now, that then can manifest in a million different ways. So some people will go and do, like you were talking about someone doing stand-up comedy. That's come from her deep place of this is who I am. Somebody else may choose to raise, you know, five children that have been orphaned. Somebody else may choose to start a, a business that's going to, you know, make millions. Somebody else may choose to go and be a landscape gardener. It's just about that thing, like, what am I? What's the world? What, what am I kind of called to? That sounds a bit religious, but you know, why am I here? What's going to make me happy? Because I guarantee if it's going to make you happy, the world needs it. I'm going to keep saying that because Love you know. it. do you think there's a link then between confidence and actually finding what your 
again, might sound a bit religious, but destined to do or be almost that secret link to finding confidence. And where does it come from in terms of like, we're talking about it this morning, what it kind of meant to us just before we jumped on with you. And we were saying like the times in our lives when we've really felt confidence is when we felt very secure in who we are and where we're going. So I just want to know where that kind of link is or where you see it is. I see. I I mean, I I suppose for myself, okay, I feel most confident when I'm not arguing with reality. So I think a lot of our lack of confidence comes when we tell the world it should be different to how it is. So we go, oh, it's raining. I can't go out. Mm. Hold on a minute. You could like put some wellies on and a raincoat and go out. You could get wet and come back and get dry. But we do that with ourselves. We say, oh, well, I, you know, I didn't get a degree. So therefore I can't be a success in life. (laughs) There are a million people out there without degrees who are successes in life. You know, there's this story we tell ourselves, then it's a negative story. And I think, you know, confidence is about, it's about being able to challenge what you're saying to yourself. It, it comes from a place of acceptance that life is never going to give you exactly what you want. But I think, I know for myself that when I, when something's to say, I don't know, say one of my kids is being you know, really argy-bargy. And I have three teenage daughters, right? And there's some lots of doors that get slammed in this house. You know, I, and I, you know, and it's, it's, you know, it's not fun, but I can think, oh, that shouldn't be happening. Or I could think, you know what? She's a teenage girl. She's full of hormones. It'll pass. Mm. You know, now the first thing of like, oh, she shouldn't be doing this. And that's really rude. And, you know, that, that leaves me feeling eh, angsty and, and like out of sync with myself. The second one is a place of acceptance of thinking, okay, this is where we're at. You know, I'll let her calm down and then maybe I'll go and say, you know, please don't speak to me like that. It's not kind. Mm. It's about acceptance of the world as it is. And that doesn't mean we all roll over and die and go, well, nothing can ever change because I have to accept everything. It means I stop arguing with reality. I therefore ask myself, based on the facts of now, what do I want going forwards and how can I achieve Mm. that? rather than oh well what happened in the past is always going to happen in the future so there's no point in bothering yeah interesting does that make sense yeah it definitely does and it's it sounds like a lot of trust like trusting in whatever will be will be doing my best best along the way yeah like so i'm responsible for the effort i put in but i'm not responsible for how that's going to land right so i but i'm i am definitely responsible for making a decision as to what i want and and having a go at it but, you know, how other people see that, whether that's a success or not, that's really actually out of my control. What is the power of a smile? You mentioned kindness before, because I've always felt when I'm my, my most confident is when I'm walking down the street and I hold the door open for someone or and I don't stop smiling. That's when I feel confident. I'd love to hear if, if you know anything about the power of a smile, because one of our favorite books had a win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. And he talks about that. Like that is one of the keys is smile. If you can smile more, guarantee it, you're going to attract more and more people that you should be attracting into your life. Totally. Well, so our minds and bodies are connected, right? So if you're smiling, you are sending a bodily signal to yourself that everything's okay, right? Mm -hmm. Which then makes you feel everything's okay. I'm going to smile. And so it becomes this beautiful, virtuous cycle. But it also sends that goodness out into the world. On one of my blogs, I can't, oh, there's so many on there. I'm a, I, I love to write. I talk about how 
if you want to be more confident, go and give something to another human being. And I actually say in there, go and smile, buy a homeless guy a coffee, hold the door open for someone, take your neighbor's bin in, like just go and do something kind and positive out there because it kind of comes back on you. Mm. And Einstein talked about this flow of energy about how, you know, if you want to receive positive things in your life, if you want your life to be positive, be positive Mm. (laughs) because there is this law of attraction. And I don't mean the kind of tell the universe you want a really smart Ferrari that's red and goes really fast and the one will arrive outside your door. (laughs) That doesn't interest me because my happiness is not based on stuff, never has been. Having said that, I, you know, obviously I, you know, I've got a lovely home and it's warm and, you know, we do have a car, I take my kids places. I'm not dissing stuff, but I know that my sense of self and confidence and happiness is not based in it. What my sense of confidence and happiness is based in is, is my genuine connections with myself and other people, you know, and how honest I can be. Can I tell you who I really am today? Mm. Can I tell you that I'm actually feeling really sad today and have you meet me where I'm at and would I be able to do the same for you because when we are genuinely connecting with another human being I don't think there's anything more confident actually one of the things that I saw in your page that really caught my eye was one of the reels you did I'm not going to get the wording spot on but basically what you're saying was confidence comes from the inside so materialism things like that a lot of people mistake you know, getting that car or house or whatever it is, the clothes, the jewelry, that'll equal confidence, but it doesn't. And I think that kind of goes back to what you said earlier about that real fine line between confidence and arrogance. It does. You know, but this is what the world tells us, right? The world tells us and advertisers particularly tell us that if we have the right sofa, the right paint color on our walls, the right car, the right Mm -hmm. job, the right house in the right area, all of that stuff that we will feel confident. And I can't tell you the number of people I've coached in the middle of their lives who have achieved it all. And they're like, I still feel horrible. I still don't like myself. The world hoodwinks us into believing that that stuff is going to give us confidence. And it's not the job of stuff to give us confidence. It's the job of stuff to keep us warm, make us comfortable, get us from A to B. You know, I dye my hair. You know, uh, shocks. Um, you <laughs> I know, used to too. You, you don't get 50 and have it this colour. I go naturally, I can tell you. Um, you know, it's nice. I like it. But my sense of self, of who I am and what I have to give to this world, needs to remain with or without blonde hair. Mm, I yes. have to do that. So I have to work on who I am inside if I want to feel confident. And for me, that is about integrity authenticity Mm. giving to other people like making sure there's space in my life to to give to people so there's a a, a lady who cleans my house had an operation yesterday you know I made sure I texted her last night to Mm. say how did it go because you know like things like that are important Mm. you know that's so kind of you to remember it's like I put it in my diary you're having an operation Stuff like that makes me feel good. I'm not doing it because, I, you know, oh, look what a nice person I am. It makes me feel good. Yes. To, to be kind. I can't stress enough how important it is to understand that the world does not owe you confidence. You owe yourself confidence. It has to come from you. It has to come from a decision. You have to stop telling yourself that you're not good enough. You have to make a decision to think, I am where I am right now is enough. It's got me this far. It's enough. Do I want to continue being 
like this going forward or do I want to be more confident or do I want to be uh, faster or do I want to fall in love or do I want to have a baby or do I want to kind of get four promotions at work because I really enjoy the work or whatever it is mm-hmm. and if that's what you want then there'll be a voice in your head saying I mean why are you even thinking that you can't do that you're rubbish and you have to catch that voice and go well hold on a minute what evidence have you got for what you've just said because there is something your listeners have to know we all have a critical voice in our heads telling us everyone else is better than us that we're not good enough that the world's going to laugh at us if we try that thing, that we're going to fail, that we won't pay the mortgage, that it's all going to be a big shithole disaster. Excuse my language. If you have to edit that out, bleep me. <laughs> nah, um, you're fine. Okay, okay. We've, we've heard every word. It's okay. <laughs> oh, okay. I, oh, no, that was a fairly light word. It was. All of that stuff. And you, what I know about that voice is it lies. Okay, that voice in your head is a liar. It is a primordial reptilian survival part of your brain that will always kick in first because we are programmed to survive but if you are in no physical danger do not listen to that voice Mm. it's lying to you you can't get rid of it you have to manage it and the way i manage mine is to say thank you for your opinion i'm just going to ask my wise voice what it might think and i get still and I might even get a pen out and I might write down what that critical voice has said. And I will ask my, I will change hands or change pens and ask the wise voice what it thinks. And usually what that wise voice says is, have a go. It's going to be all right. Who do you need to help you? What little bit can you do towards your goal today? Everything's working out the way it should. Mm. And I can't tell you how that has changed my life over the last 12 years since I've been doing that. That's amazing. Based on that. I've written a book about that. I've yeah. there's courses about that because that is, that's the golden nugget. You learn to mitigate the poison from that voice. You will have the life you want. I'm reading a book at the moment. That's basically, it's about trying to attract your personal freedom, you know, and what is your personal freedom? Uh, and constantly that fear is just in the way all the time. I loved so much what you said just before about, you're cleaner and that little gesture, it just reminds me of us. And we spoke about this last week, oh, a couple of weeks ago on an interview. And, you know, we, we actually pencil in our diary, you know, all right. In six weeks from now, we need to message Joe because we just need to stay in contact. Um, oh, or like, stay in contact. like, but, and that's important to us because we were both grown up that way. We've both worked in sales and corporate marketing and that's kind of just what you were taught, but that's, it's real life too. It's, it's not practice though, is it? No, it's not. I want to ask Joe, vulnerability and confidence. You mentioned earlier about like the, the ability to actually speak up is confidence, mm. but vulnerability is obviously very hard. And we all, we all love Brene Brown and we, we talk about her a lot on the show and the queen of vulnerability, but like for a lot of people, vulnerability probably doesn't seem like confidence. Is, is there a real true correlation between the two? Oh my gosh. It's huge. We are taught by the world to wear a mask. And that mask is, I'm fine. I've got all, I've got everything together. I want you all to admire me, right? That's the mask we're told to wear. And all that mask does is keep people at arm's length. And when we keep people at arm's length, our confidence starts to die because we start feeling isolated. When I'm coaching people, and I, I don't think this is standard with coaches. I think most coaches kind of, most therapists definitely don't do this because it's not part of their practice. As a coach, I made the decision very early on to identify with my clients if I could. So if somebody came with 
an issue they were having and I knew that something from my past that I'd maybe overcome would help them, I would tell them. And A, what that did was get me off this pedestal of the coach with all the answers, because that's really not what coaching is about. It's about me helping you to find your answers. But B, what it did was allow that person to really tell me what was going on because they were like, oh my God, she can't judge me. She's been through this or she's been through that or, oh my gosh. And it kind of, I can't tell you what it does for people. It allows them to relax. It allows them to get really honest. And when we get really honest, then we find the truth. And the truth is always the thing that's holding us back. 12-step recovery groups are all based on vulnerability. Someone saying, I can't carry on the way I am. I am screwing my life up. And other people saying, yeah, we used to do exactly the same thing and now we're better. We would like to help you. Identification, being vulnerable. If I show another human being, if I show you who I really am today and you say, how can I help? Then there is no shame left in me. You know, we walk around feeling ashamed for being human. And then we wonder why we're not confident because we're trying to pretend that we're not human. We're trying to pretend that we're perfect. And I said to you guys before we started recording, I've learned more from the mistakes I've made and the screw ups I've made than I have from any of the successes. And I'm a better person, a more grounded person, a more whole, humble human being because I've screwed up. Mm. And I've had people who've met me where I am and said to me, okay, what are we going to do going forward? It's so important to be able to tell other people who you really are. And I don't mean spill all of your guts publicly. I mean, you can if you want to. But well, having- we, we definitely have plenty of secrets we've let out on our show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there is that horrible kind of, ah, what are people yeah. going to think of me? Yeah, what's but my mum going to think? Yeah. But as the comments come in and people go, me too, yes, me too, that was me. And people say, thank you, I'm now not going to do that awful mm. thing to myself. I'm actually going to go get myself some help because of what you said. Well, I mean, that's golden, right? And you just think, you know, we've got to stop hiding who we are. You're dropping so many nuggets of wisdom today. I was like, it was going to be a question along the, of overcoming confidence, but I think you've already answered that in a couple of really profound ways. One of the biggest fears that I think a lot of people struggle with is rejection and whatever rejection means to them. When we kind of got into this space, I remember reading a book and it was, I think it was called How to Talk to Anybody. And that was all about having the ability to basically go up to a stranger and start a conversation because that person could lead to, you know, anybody and Funny enough, just a very short story. We were doing one of our silly videos on the street where we were interviewing people and we went up. That's very confronting. We we met a guy. This is at, here in London. Here in London. And yeah. he's about to become a podcast guest. It turned out he's this, yeah. you know, this he's got this massive audience. He's in music, he's rapping, he's producing music. And yeah, it's just funny how that kind of thing works. But I remember in this book, one of the tips it gave to overcome rejection, like, you know, get some rubbish, go up to a stranger and basically ask them to put it in the bin. And what they'll say, of course, is no, because you're you're asking for rejection. So to overcome it, you have to basically feel it and realize it's not the end of the world. So do you have any tips along those lines for overcoming rejection? Because I think a lot of people struggle with it and especially when it comes to relationships. Oh gosh. Okay. So two things to say about that. The first thing to say is the fear of the feeling is always bigger than the horrible feeling you have when you're in it. Mm -hmm. So fearing rejection is worse than being rejected because once you're in the rejection your adrenaline kicks in your survival mode kicks in you're going to get angry you're going to cry you're going to go and 
slash all these suits or whatever it is you're going to do. I hope you don't do it because I used to do it. You know, you're going to say that actually that's so old school, isn't it? You're going to do something really mean on social media. You know, whatever. You're going to have all of those feelings and then you'll get to the other side. Okay. So the fear of rejection or failure or um, not being liked and all of those things, the fear is of it happening is always worse than when you're in it. Mm. Here's what I know about rejection. If someone rejects me, they were not my life partner. If a friend rejects me, it's because our friendship has come to an end. If a job rejects me, if I get rejected from a job, it wasn't my job. I cannot tell you how true that is. I've been rejected from guys who I thought, oh, because I was single for six years with my three girls before I met my second husband. You know, and I was dating and there were some guys I thought, oh, that's it, right? Like I've met this amazing man and they didn't want to be with me and I was gutted. But if I'd been with them, I wouldn't have met the most amazing man that I'm now married to. Wow. Mm. Like, and as soon as I met him, I was like, oh, that's why I had to wait <laughs> so long. It had to be you. And he wasn't ready and I wasn't ready. And then suddenly we were. And literally we met and we knew we were each mm. other's person. It's amazing. In the weirdest way. Like I did not believe in soulmates before then. And on, on, on the Wednesday, I didn't believe in soulmates. On the Thursday, I was like, I do believe in soulmates. <laughs> Rejection is not personal. It feels so personal. It's so agonizing. It's not personal. It's someone saying the truth, which is something's not right about this. And mm. I'm going to give you the honor of letting you go so you can find the right person. And I'm going to go find my right person. The thing with rejection is it's because we think that the world should go the way we want it to. It goes back to what I was saying earlier on, right? We think that we're masters of our own destiny and that the world should be a certain way. And it's not. And when we get okay with the fact that life is just going to do its thing and, and we just have to roll with it, oh, my God, it gets so much easier. Getting into, I get into a river every morning, right? And it's such a beautiful analogy for a living life. If we can get up in the morning and think, well, we've got choices, right? I can get up in the morning, sit on the bank, watch the river going past and think, well, look at all those people going past and really I don't like the trunks that they're wearing and I certainly don't like her bikini and what is that bird doing I mean why doesn't it just shut up you know I could do that I could sit on the edge and judge everyone else living or I could get in the river and try and wade up against the stream like it shouldn't be going this way or I could get into the river and I could just swim with the way it's going and if there's a boulder I'll swim around it if it gets a bit rushy, rushy with the current, I might get out and walk for a bit and then get back in. Like, and I can just go with what is happening. Some people will come and join me. Some will stay forever. Some won't stay forever. Some will look at me and go, oh, I really don't want to swim with you. You're really annoying. <laughs> Someone rejecting you, they, they're giving you your freedom back. That's amazing. I think for us, we think we're decent at public speaking, right? Yeah. I think because we've both worked in our field. I think I read something like public speaking... I can't remember the percentage and the, what book I read, but it was like people are more scared of public speaking than they are of death. It was something, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. It was something like that. Uh-huh. Would you be able to talk about like how someone could overcome something as simple as public speaking? And I'm not saying people need to get up in front of a big audience and, and say something, but it could be as simple as at work, they might be a bit nervous before a meeting with five people around. What are they going to think of me? Or how, how do I gain a bit of confidence to actually walk into a meeting, maybe feel the nerves, but be able to look at them and feel them and go, that's okay. You know, I, I coach on this all the time. And most of my coaching work now is executive coaching. So I'm, you know, I'm coaching on this a lot. 
I think there's a few things to say. I think first thing a person who struggles with public speaking has to decide is they're going to do this. They're going to nail this. Like this has to be a goal. I'm going to get better at public speaking and accept that that's going to involve fear. That's going to involve nerves. That's going to involve lots of kind of racing thoughts and sweaty palms and blushing and just accept it. Or Okay, I'm going to have to put myself out there do it and in the same way as if I want a really flat stomach which by the way I gave up after I had three children (laughs) (laughs) and if I wanted a really flat stomach I um would have to do lots of sit-ups right frequently and probably not eat any carbs you know and then I may you know get a little bit flatter in the same way if you want to get better at public speaking you've just got to do it right you've got to practice so you can practice in the mirror I do an actual live course on this so we will practice in the mirror, we'll film ourselves and show it to other people and watch it back and kind of get used to seeing yourself speaking and hearing your own voice and all of that. And we sort of break down the public speaking gig into sort of smaller chunks. But this is what I know about public speaking fear. It's a fear of what other people think of you. It's a fear of rejection. So it's actually quite a self-centered fear. And this Mm. sounds really ouchy, but it is the truth. When you're public speaking, is it about you or is it about the information you're giving? If you're going into a public speaking situation thinking it's a performance and that you're doing it to get loads of likes and everyone to tell you how brilliant you are at public speaking, then that's you're being quite self-centered about mm. it. If, however, you think I've got this really important piece of information I need to deliver to these people for the sake of the business, for the sake of their mortgages, because we all rely on the success of this business, mm. then actually you just become the messenger and it's the information that's important. And if you become the curator of that information, the pressure's off you. And it really helps people to just take that step back. This isn't about me. This is about them and about the information. And I've just got to make sure that they've had it. Then it gets a bit easier. It's funny. I've never heard that. That, And and that's an amazing analogy. That's a bit of an aha moment for me because I'm like, whoa, I haven't ever been told that and it makes total sense it's a lot of yeah i would just naturally think of okay it's preparation i think of at university or high school and exams i always think about this it's that feeling of walking into an exam either you're extremely confident or you're like oh god this is not going to end well and often it just comes down to preparation and we both growing up with sports play sports and we hear so much about preparation is key and you know you need to prepare and that's a big part of it for me is that something that you see a lot of too preparation's massive and thinking stuff through beforehand and sort of accepting you know thinking okay if this happens what will I do and if that happens how will I react practice is massive when it comes to building any sort of confidence you know you've got to accept that confidence is not a perennial state it is a movable thing we're all moving in and out of our comfort zones and our confidence zones on a minute by minute basis so to expect yourself to feel confident all the time it's like trying to climb um Everest without any oxygen like it's just unrealistic but if you practice the basics of confidence you know on a regular basis so like self-care like feed yourself well take exercise breathe fresh air have a hobby that you really enjoy make sure you're talking honestly with people who you know want the best for you give to another human being be kind write down your thoughts manage that critical voice if you're doing a combination of those oh and sleep sleep's really important and also if you know if you've got any kind of addiction problems or you know any you know serious mental health or physical health things going on like get them tended to like first things first get that stuff sorted then you've got every chance of managing your life really really well and I think that the thing with practice and 
preparation is we practice in the uh, quiet moments so that when the shit hits the fan, our automatic response is ready. You know, we're ready to deal with stuff because mm. we've been practicing. Meditation is another huge mm. part of, of building a confident life. You know, just five or 10 minutes, just with a little mantra or whatever, you know, however you want to meditate, just connecting to that deeper part of yourself. Again, it comes back to that trust in who you are and your abilities to deal with your life. You know, meditation is called a practice because that's what it is. You practice meditation when you're quiet. So when it all goes crazy and something awful happens, you can bring your peace to it. But yeah, prep and practice, huge. I'm thinking back to you, say, 10 years ago when you were just kind of beginning your career in this area. Yeah. Did you suffer with confidence issues then as mm. as the person that was starting? Like we, I love the topic of imposter syndrome. Like it's mm. just something that, yeah. you know, we often struggle with. Are we getting enough downloads or we're not, we're not up to them yet. So we're not actually good enough. Or I'd be keen to hear like when you started as a coach, because, you know, we know a lot of coaches out there. Am I actually the coach or am I yeah. good enough or yeah. That's such an interesting question. So, I mean, I am someone who used to struggle enormously with her confidence, like massively, but I was always very good at the, putting the mask on. And I always knew that I could do stuff. So I had confidence in my abilities to kind of learn something and do it. Where I lacked confidence was in who I was as a person and what people would think of me. So I'm lucky in that I've always kind of known, I've always been someone who'll have a go at something, mm. but underneath like the, you know, I was like the swan, you know, with underneath, it's like, oh my God, what do they think of me? And it's interesting because in the process of becoming a coach, my confidence grew a thousandfold. It was such an amazing process training to be a coach. I basically see, so I'd left my, I'd had a breast cancer diagnosis and I had decided in that moment that I was, oh, and I lost a friend to suicide. And those two things made me face the reality of my life in a way that I had not, that I'd been hiding from. And I left my marriage and it wasn't a deeply unhappy, but it wasn't a bad marriage, but we, I was not happy. And I knew I couldn't be myself in that marriage, I think is probably the, 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 the um, most truthful thing to say about that. But, you know, I, we had three small children. It was an enormous decision to make and the guilt was off the scale. And in the kind of rubble of all of that, decision you know there was a it was you know I, I blew my life up basically and you know and my ex-husband when the dust was settling I thought I, I can't I really want to find out what it is about me that made the decision to marry someone I knew I probably shouldn't be marrying like what was it in me and I was just doing some googling around stuff and I saw Tony Robbins working on online on YouTube and I just thought I saw him turn someone's life around you know on stage I just thought I have to learn how to do that that's just amazing and so I very quickly got on a, on a coaching course you know all the while kind of trying to look after three very small girls on my own and oh, oh I couldn't do it now but I think in that process of having kind of chucked so much away and kind of been brave enough to be honest and then I had the coaching course I just thought you know what I'm I can do this. Mm. I can do this really well. And my tutors were all saying to me, you've got a real talent here. Like of all the people we've been training, you've got a real talent. And I had a lot of help. And I think I was in quite a gung-ho time of my life. 
because it couldn't get any more difficult. I was like mm. trying to pay a mortgage, look after three kids, retrain. You know, it was a bit like, come on. But I knew, I think my confidence came from the fact that I knew that this was what life had for me. Mm. I really knew. And I could see people responding so well to my coaching and you know they were getting more confident and changing their lives and did lack confidence then I think but up until the point of becoming a coach my whole life had been based on my lack of confidence and people pleasing and shape-shifting and thinking my life had to look a certain way and in the process of going no I'm not going to do that anymore I found myself and and coaching really helped to probably cement training as a coach helped to cement that Wow. It's an amazing story. I'm so glad you shared that with yeah, us. Yeah, thank you for so, sharing that. Yeah, it's really beautiful. Like, it's really nice to hear. Really appreciate you sharing that. Come to towards the end of the podcast, and there's so much more that's going through my head. I'm like, ask oh, this, ask that. And yeah, yeah, we'll have to for sure. But um, so I got a couple of questions to kind of to end with. Firstly, can you tell us about you are an author? I want to hear a little bit about your book. Bless you. That's kind of you. It's called um, Flying for Beginners. I wrote it seven years ago, and it was published for the half years ago I'm just trying to work out when it's published um and it's that very simple I haven't got I should have had a copy on me I don't think I've got one even on my on my bookshelf there it's a it's called flying for beginners you can find it on Amazon and it's that very simple step-by-step guide to managing that critical voice and plugging into your own wise voice and you know what it's the best gift I can give anyone is to just you know learn how to manage that voice and you Mm. will be free so yeah, that's my book. I wrote another book last year that's still to be published. And actually, I went part-time as a coach in September because I'm learning to write a novel. So I'm writing really? a novel at the moment up in London. Yeah, 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 wow. yeah. So, but I can't tell you about that one yet because... Um, okay. <laughs> we'll be eagerly waiting for that. And also, too, how can people get in contact with you if they want to work with you as well? Best way is probably to go to my website, which is joe-emerson with one m.com. And on there, I have an enormous waiting list, I'm afraid. Um, but what I do have is some online courses. I just launched just before Christmas a 21-day email course. So I'll be I, you sign up, it's 99 pounds. Sign up and you get um me in your inbox 20 for 21 days telling you piece by piece what you need to do each day to build your confidence so that's great and then there's another little audio course called five steps to lasting confidence i think so there's various bits and bobs on there but you can email me and go on my on my waiting list i also put stuff as you guys know on instagram reels and little snippets of ideas to help you build your confidence free stuff on there as well well, Joe, we uh, firstly just want to acknowledge you. You're an incredible inspiration. You're a powerful woman. We've loved this conversation. And I know uh, we say it every time, we're going to hang up here and probably just have the longest conversation about this and, and debrief, almost reassess where we're at because that was just so amazing. But, yeah, we just we just want to thank you. And we, we actually can't wait to stay in touch and, and hopefully we get to meet in person next time. Yeah, we're coming to Bath next time. Yeah, come to Bath. Do you know what, boys, I would absolutely – sorry, I shouldn't be boys. That's really patronising. You know what, guys – apologize i would absolutely love to keep in touch and do come to bath i will show you around it is a beautiful city we've heard oh we will we'll be there thank you so much joe it's been an awesome podcast yeah thank you once again
D, wasn't that episode just awesome? Oh, mate, I got so much out of it. I'm sure you did too. And of course, thank you to everyone who listened. Guys, if you haven't already, go and subscribe to the podcast over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. For sure. And please leave us a five-star review on Apple. It goes such a long way to helping the show. And of course, you have your chance to get a shout-out. Don't forget to go and follow us over on Instagram as well. What's the Instagram, D? It's at D underscore. D-O-S-A-N-D-D underscore. See you next week. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you in the next episode.